0: Joe Porter, sports reporter at RNZ. Good morning. How are you?
1: Good, thank you. Yourself?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks. Plenty to chew, uh, chew through today. I want to go back to that uh, cricket test in a moment. Kind of, I look. I was moaning about South Africa not putting up anything like <laughs> a uh, an opposition in the yes. first test and the fact that they were a B grade side and everything else. Then they had put such a fantastic comeback in the second test. I was predicting they might get up and win the damn thing, but it was a bit of a bit of a sad end that last day, wasn't it? They just didn't have any firepower, they just didn't have any sort of breakthrough bowlers to um, to stop New Zealand cruising home.
1: Yeah, that's right. Obviously their lack of depth, I guess, showing through ultimately, but boy, what a fight the Proteas put up for a yeah, Like They've been described as a C or D team by some uh, sporting organisations and media around the world, so certainly a great fight. They just didn't really have anyone to support the likes of Dane Piet, who was their off-spinner, he took five wickets, uh, I think, in the Black Caps' second inning uh, first innings, and he was he was very impressive throughout. But they just didn't really have enough people to, yeah, like you say, firepower to go with them and help get that breakthrough they needed. And Captain Kane Williamson guiding the Black Caps home as he's done many times in the past.
0: They needed early wickets. We were talking uh, the last time; it must have been uh, Friday. We were talking. They really needed early wickets. If, if Williamson and mm. Ravindra it was went on and got through to 150. I don't think they got that far, but they got uh, they got a pretty big uh, base up, and, and it just yeah. all proved too hard. Uh, where are we at in the series now? What happens next, Joe?
1: Yeah, so obviously that was the the historic win for the Black Caps, albeit in the context that it was a South Africa B or C side. But yeah, the first ever Test Series victory over South Africa. So I guess the fight that the protest did show, especially in that second test, just goes to show how hard it has been and why it has been so hard for the Black Caps to claim a Test Series win over the... Over the Proteas, but we move on now, and we've got three T20s this week against Australia, and then of course a very um, mouth-watering Test series against the Australians after that, which is going to be a much bigger challenge than the South Africans were. That is for sure. Uh, the T20 series, Daryl Mitchell and Kane Williamson are both out of that series. But Kane Williamson expecting his third child and Daryl Mitchell has been given a bit of a chance to get over a niggly injury that's been hampering him of late. So the T20s start tomorrow in Wellington, actually. Hopefully it's not as windy as it is today. That could prove interesting for the players out there. Uh, and, And, of course, T20 World Cup is later this year in the Caribbean, the West Indies, and the US, which should be a great tournament. So build up towards that. So, yeah, two big series against Australia coming up, but I can't help but feel more excited by the Test Series than the T20s.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. And uh, Aussie, of course, on their way. I think that's the one that everyone's licking their lips over are some of the test matches that are, that are coming oh, yeah. a little bit later in the season. Um, look, I'm just going to digress off to swimming, actually. Um, what an exciting cohort of talent we have at the moment. Erica Fairweather, breaking uh, records, first gold medalist in any sport at a World Aquatics Championship this week for New Zealand. She's 20 now. Um, I'm still seeing her. She ranked fourth in the world, I think. Um, we're now starting to talk about the Olympics, right? She's qualified for three events. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? We'd like to think that we always like to think we're about to have a new star who's going to bring home the gold. But <laughs> as, as people have said, it's a hell of a step, you know, amazing achievement where she's at. There's still a hell of a step up when we get to those Olympics.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, look, her three main competitors in that 400-meter freestyle, the world record holder, Alian Titmuss of Australia, Katie Ledecky, the American, the previous world record holder, and uh, Canada's Summer McIntosh, I think, is the other one, Who are all three who have gone faster times uh, than than Erica Fairweather. So those three, you know, are, are, the old, are the what you would have considered to be the favourites to podium in Paris this year. Erica Fairweather will have to go faster and, and get closer to the times that they've done. I think she's still two seconds or so off uh, Macintosh and maybe th- four or four seconds or so off Ariane Titmuss, who is the world record holder. So she still has a bit of improvement to do if she is to be a genuine title contender in Paris. However, of course, you know it comes down to the day. She's already broken her personal best. She's the first ever New Zealander, like you've mentioned, to win a gold medal at the World Swimming Championship. So she's 20 years old. She's you know, doing everything she possibly can to put herself in that frame for, for a gold medal or at least a medal in Paris.
0: And you just never know, do you? The work goes yeah, in, never the, know. the training goes in, the coach goes in. But every you know millisecond now... Counts as you are trying to, um, you know, t- to get closer to the ultimate. But look, this is an insight in, in, into what life's like for a, for a top athlete these days. Her winning four hundred meter freestyle time was under four. Minutes that's mind blowing 359.44, lifetime best. I mean, that is just insane. Uh, but that's the speed these swimmers are, are, are doing now, female swimmers are doing now. But here's an interesting stat that is faster than the winners of every Olympic Games except the most recent two 2016 and 2021. So, wow. you know. It, wow. it just never stops does it yeah uh and That's what about um idea. lewis clearboot he's uh, another star of course and he's had his ups and downs with where he's training and you know yeah. wanted to stay local and has had to move um where, where's he at at the moment apart from eating pies i'm reading
1: Yeah, well, look, he had had what was a disappointing start for him, at least, to the World Swimming Championships. His first two events, the 200-metre individual medley and the 200-metre men's butterfly, he failed to go under the Olympic qualifying time for Paris there, so he's got a bit of work to do in those two events come the national champs, I think they're in April. Uh, to get make sure he gets under those times so he can compete in more than just one event in Paris but he, he finished with an absolute bang taking gold in the men's 400 metre medley qualifying 5th fastest so a great race in the final to win that event, uh, New Zealand's second ever uh, a medal, gold medal at this World Swimming Championships uh, a great time as well, not as fast as he has done before but he's the Commonwealth Games champion in that event and he beat some pretty strong competition at this World Swimming Championships so yeah a really good way to end his campaign and of course um, he's had a new coach, he's just left Wellington recently after You know, spending eight years with Coach Gary Hollywood down there is under – uh, Mike Nian now, a new coach up in Auckland. But it seems that they're coming together well because this is sort of a, a, the start of their relationship and he's picked up a gold medal at the World Champ. So certainly a, a fairly auspicious start for that new pairing as they head towards Paris too. But he's under no illusions that he's going to need to go a lot faster if he's to be in medal contention uh, come July, August in Paris. Now
0: staying with the, the high-performance athletes, uh, interesting just little update on this long-going uh, kind of Mahi Drysdale et al. led yeah attempt to get them into collective bargaining this is top riders and cyclists look we know both sports have had their issues with um uh athletes uh what's the word pastoral well care being. and well-being yeah. and mental health well-being yeah. um yeah. but a bit of a bit of a turnaround now high performance sport new zealand is going to challenge that decision again it's got a new legal opinion
1: Yeah, interesting, isn't it? They thought that you know, it had gotten this far. That was perhaps the end of it, and High Performance Sport New Zealand would accept those the the ruling and and try and you know come to an agreement. But however, no, they've like you say, they've taken some secondary legal advice or some other legal advice, and they've. They're going to appeal this decision, allowing New Zealand's top rising cyclists to begin that collective bargaining with it. So they rejected the earlier move to negotiate a collective agreement with what's called the Athletes Cooperative, by uh, it's co-chaired by Mahi Drysdale and he represents about 60 athletes. So yeah, the uh, the Employment Relations Authority they found the government agency was obligated to engage in a good faith collective bargaining with the cooperative, but they're challenging that decision. Um, they believe that the ERA ruling could have implications not just for high-performance sport in New Zealand but other government agencies. And so yeah, they're going to challenge that at the Employment Court. So the appeal should be lodged before the deadline this Friday. Um, Yeah, so that saga sort of rolls on. It's an interesting one, isn't it? The the athletes looking for some more power when it comes to forming a union and protecting their rights when essentially they are kind of employed by the government or given at least money to perform towards these Olympic goals and other sporting goals. Uh, And of course like you see there, High Performance Sport New Zealand saying we don't want to open that can of worms Uh, Look look at rugby
0: that's that's got a very strong union. I mean it's taking a smaller pool of uh, cash, public cash, but yeah, yes. it, it, it feels like it's momentum building. Um, sure, now, absolutely. rugby, super, super rugby Pacific underway this weekend, correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. kicks off this weekend. It seems a bit early, doesn't it? But there you go. It always comes around near the end of February, and we feel like it's not quite the end of summer, but perhaps it does herald the end of it, considering how cool it's been in Wellington this week. Uh, the Crusaders, they're level favourites with the Chiefs this year to win the title, but the Crusaders, they're seven times in a row champions. Scott Robertson led them to all seven of those titles, an absolute dynasty down there in Christchurch. But, of course, Razor Robertson is now the All Blacks coach. Rob Penny taking over the Crusaders, who have lost... A bunch of star players from last year, the likes of Richie Moana, Sam Whitelock, Jack Goodhue, Lester Fine and Inoku, World Cup players and World Cup stars. So uh, certainly a new era at the Crusaders. Will they be able to continue that dynasty? The TAB thinks they've got a pretty good chance of doing so, but they certainly have you know, the burden, the weight of history to overcome, and, of course, a new group to, to meld together to get that done. And they face the Chiefs on Friday in the season opener, a repeat of last year's final, with the Chiefs being uh, yeah, equal-level favourites with the Crusaders to win. Captain by Luke Jacobson this year with Sam Kane. On the sabbatical. So, uh, yeah, look, an interesting Super Rugby season ahead. I think possibly, though, we might see a fair bit of off-field news. Melbourne Rebels already being placed in voluntary administration earlier this month. Um, you know, A big shock for the rugby uh, landscape in Australia there. They, they had to sack a whole bunch of their high-performance staff and coaches, and then Rugby Australia stepped in and rehired a bunch of them just to get them through this season. No contracts guaranteed beyond this season. Where those players and coaches and not go, who knows? What happens to the Rebels? Who knows? Will there be 12 teams left at the end of the season, most likely, but will there be 12 teams come 2025? That remains to be seen. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be some interesting on-field stuff going on with the Crusaders. Can they carry their dynasty on? Can the Australian teams compete, which they haven't really been able to do in the last few years? But also there's going to be a lot of off-field stuff going on around the uncertainty of the future of the competition.
0: Joe, thanks so much. Joe Porter, RNZ Sports Reporter.